everybody. I think uh, this week has made us aware that summer is officially here. Uh, so to celebrate, I am going to give you five tips for a safe summer. So the first tip is wear sunscreen daily. Uh, reduce your skin cancer risk and early onset of wrinkles by wearing sunscreen daily. Most people spend more time outdoors enjoying summer activities, making it easy to forget to apply sunscreen, which you should do every hour. Uh, People with sensitive skin are most likely to burn easily in the sun. The American Academy for Dermatology recommends applying sunscreen with an SPF of 30 or higher. Since no sunscreen can block 100% of the UV rays, be sure to wear a hat, sunglasses, and long sleeves if, you, if possible. Number two, stay hydrated. Staying hydrated is always important for optimal body function, but especially during the hot and humid weather. Uh, that's because bodily fluids are lost during sweating, which happens more often when it's hot and humid. It's, uh, if you plan to spend a lot of time outdoors, make sure you keep water with you to drink often. Consuming foods with high water content, like melons, lettuce, cucumbers, etc., also help you stay hydrated, as well as replace minerals and electrolytes and vitamins that you lose through your sweating. Number three, be a defensive driver. Every summer, more drivers hit the road for vacation, with in individuals still hesitant to hop aboard airplanes due to the COVID. The roads are bound to be more crowded. When driving, put your cell phone away and keep your eyes on the road. If you're tired, pull over and take a quick nap because driving drowsy is just as dangerous as driving under the influence. And above all, if you're under the influence, don't drive until you're sober. Uh, in 2019, over 10,000 individuals were killed from drunk driving according to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Before taking your trip, also remember to check tire pressure. Uh, changes in the temperature do change the pressures in your tire and can lead to a blowout. Uh, seven defensive driving principles are stay aware, anticipate any bad moves from other drivers, focus and put away distractions, be cautious, leave yourself an out, position yourself to always be seen, follow the rules of the road, and seven, and most importantly, expect the unexpected. Number four, use insect repellent. Protect yourself from diseases like uh, Lyme's disease and other transmitted or vector transmitted diseases. In addition to bug spray, you can also minimize bug bites by discarding standing water in your yard. Think about things like bird baths or kiddie pools. Wear long sleeve clothing and use mosquito netting when outdoors. And number five, pay attention to poisonous plants and venomous creatures. Poison ivy and poison oak and poison sumac cause issues with about 85% of the population. Of those, up to 15% are extremely allergic. When out working in the yard or spending time in nature, be aware of these plants you're exposing yourself to, especially if you're not wearing long sleeves. Snakes and spiders are also more active during the summer. Wear gloves when reaching under objects and inspect under them before you pick them up. Avoid venomous animals and do not attempt to handle them. Most snakes are harmless and will move on if you just leave them alone. And, and they're only more likely to bite you if you try to mess with them. And speaking of snakes, I've supplied you all with an Arkansas snake guide. Look in the back. So now you know, you know. So, uh... It does break down which ones are poisonous, which ones are not. And in the very back, you can, there's guides on what to do if you get bit by a snake. There's a, there's a fun little section on snake facts and uh, snake prevention, how to keep your yard how, so the snakes don't want to be there. Any questions? Thank, Thank you. you. We'll keep this in the car with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
goes down. All right, Mike Roder will present an employee service award. Patrick Grimmett. We're getting a little jump on this. He's actually got to hang in there for nine more days <laughs> before this is official. But Patrick Grimmett's at 20 years of service to the utility. On the 24th of June, he heads up our IT department. And I've had the pleasure of working with Patrick for three years. And without his leadership and the professionalism of him and his group, I don't know where the utility would be. Some good examples are, you know, two years ago, prior to the pandemic, we probably had never even thought about the idea of working remotely. But overnight, we were forced to, just like everybody else. And Patrick and his team rolled up their sleeves and figured out a way to make it work, and really pretty seamlessly, pretty quick. He has also been instrumental in the implementation of our Central Square software. And he and his like-minded professional team work behind the scenes to make sure that everybody in the utility can do the things that they need to do on a daily basis, whether it's access software programs, whether it's automate functions in the plant. And we're fortunate to have Patrick and the members of his team. They're fortunate to have him as their leader, and I'm fortunate to be able to work with him. So wow. congratulations, Hearing no objections, the minutes are approved as written. Do we have any public comment cards? No, ma'am. Amber Yates will present a recommendation of award for construction at Adams Field Water Reclamation Facility. Ta -da. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. It's good to see everybody in person. <laughs> so, good afternoon, Chair McBride, Commissioners. I've got a couple things for you today. The first is um, the uh, recommendation for award for our Adamsfield Water Reclamation Facility Primary Clarifiers Coding and Repair Project. Um, and let me see, uh, hopefully the clicker will work. Yeah, there we go. Um, so shown here is a picture of the primary clarifier, or one of the primary clarifiers at our Adamsfield Water Reclamation Facility. These were put in 62 years ago in 1960. And so what do they do? What do these do for us? They, well, they remove uh, solids and surface oil and grease from incoming wastewater. And shown here is a, a picture to illustrate one of the cracks that we have um, in the clarifiers. Um, here's some more pictures to kind of further illustrate that. Um, but, you know, due to the, their age, the all three primary clarifiers at Adams are showing degradation. They've lost their watertight capabilities. Temporary measures have been put in place to block the leaks, but a more permanent solution is needed. And that's really the purpose of our request for you today is to uh, obtain a vendor, you know, cost and, and the contract and the vendor to, to provide a more permanent solution for all of this. So an invitation to bid process is done to obtain a pricing contract for to repair cracks in all three clarifiers. And it is a 2022 budgeted item. Two bids were received. Um, the low, low bid is Thomas Industrial Coatings of uh, $391,969. And the 2022 budget was $655,000. <laughs> And after doing some research, we discovered that we could get savings on this by doing all three as one project versus spacing them out. Originally, we had um, budgeted to space the projects out. So by combining it, we were able to get it under budget. Um, and I will pause here to see if anyone has any questions. Just to make it, first of all, I feel bad because I was also born in 1960, so it makes me feel like I'm cracking up. But, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, the important thing here is those those units are uh, about 180 feet in diameter, so they're huge. Um, and these are 
replacement cost on those would be astronomical. They're into the millions. So. Okay. If and hearing no questions, oh, go ahead. Two questions. Uh -huh. So the, the companies that mm -hmm. are actually looking at you know, mm -hmm. bidding for the treatment of the cracks, they we, we've seen similar work or similar jobs before where they've had a chance to work with something like this. Uh, we've not actually worked with these companies, but we've worked with the materials that they are using. Okay. Uh, we have coated uh, the Bush Creek facility, uh, both the influent and uh, as well as the industrial equalization basin. Mm -hmm. So we are familiar with the application and the products that they are using. Yes. And you, you were satisfactory what they did yes, before? Yes, very okay. much so. Um, so moving on to the request, staff's requesting for the commission to approve the recommendation of award for Adams Field Water Reclamation Facility Primary Clarifier Repair Project for $391,969 and to authorize our CEO to enter into a contract with Thomas Industrial Coatings. So um, the other recommendation of award that we have for you today is uh, to obtain a term contract for LRWRA's uh, healthcare and other benefits and brokerage consulting firm. Um, this firm will start their services in January 1 of 2023, uh, but we needed to bring this to you now because we've got to work with them through the summer and fall to be able to budget for you know, healthcare and other benefit costs for 2023. So that's why we're bringing it to you now. So, um, so the firm's not only going to provide obviously getting cost and, um, and options for healthcare and dental and vision and other benefits, um, but they're also going to provide a lot of other services, consulting and, and, and other services. So um, it, it's going to be, um, they're going to help us with implementation and analysis and maintenance, improvement, I mean, communication of it, but also it's gonna, this contract is gonna provide for a call center for our employees to be able to call and ask questions, an online portal um, that will allow um, employees to go in and um, get, you know, see their benefits and for those benefits to, to streamline more. And also um, consulting on helping us to maintain quality programs and to also um, reduce cost. So, um, let's see, we did an RFQ for this firm um, to obtain a, a term contract. And once approved, it will have an initial two-year term with the option to renew up to five additional years. And here, provided here, we had two respondents and provided here is a ranking of the two respondents. So Stevens Insurance was the highest ranking vendor. Um, they will, uh, there will be an annual fee of $140,000 for all of the things that I talked to you about on that previous slide. And so I will stop here and see if anyone has any questions. They are. So this is the consultant that will be helping us in conjunction with the insurance carrier of our choice. Right, they're the broker, they're the broker who will um, go out and source and work with us on sourcing um, benefits. Yes. They do a number of other things yep. too, particularly now that we're self-insured and we yep. have access mm -hmm. to much more data than we had in the past. Mm -hmm. On a monthly basis, they're, they have analysts that are analyzing the claim detail, which is stuff that we don't see down at the you know, personally identifiable information level, sure. to identify trends in our spend to see if we can implement what type of programs we should implement to maybe improve those trends. Um, the other thing that we've asked them to do is provide a new service to our to-be retirees and our retirees mm -hmm. to help them make the best choice for them as to whether to choose our insurance or whether maybe there's a better deal for them out on the exchange given the discounts that are available out there. This call center that Amber talked about is a new resource that we'll be using and um, so is the online portal. Those are things we really haven't had use in the fully insured world, but we're implementing it in the, in the uh, self-insured world. Yes. So. It just seems like it's not too repetitive. They're already asked if their questions are more about their insurance and specifics of that. Will this group be able to answer those questions or will they have to go to this group just about the 
specifics about what they have here at LRWC. You see what I'm saying? Versus two different groups to be really going back and forth. I'm not sure I'm understanding the question. So, for instance, if I have a specific question about my insurance plan and the details of a medical visit versus if I have questions about am I going to be able to use this plan versus my retirement account. You see, you know, it's – I don't want to get confused, but I'm just trying to make sure we're not duplicating efforts there when it comes to. Would they be calling United Healthcare for their healthcare information, or would they be calling students? I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll probably call it. You know, today oftentimes they call us, and then someone in HR oftentimes Linda has to run down the issue with United Healthcare or whoever. Yeah. In this case, they would be calling the call center, the student's call center. So we're hoping to offload some of that call volume from our HR group to a call center. So that, that answers. That so handles yeah. our, our carrier-specific plan. Yeah, so this is what, this will release the efforts of what we're doing internally. That's right. They'll handle all that piece of it. And they would refer them if they have that specific of the plan to call the actual plan. Okay, perfect. I understand. Does it entail some of our preventative care programs that I guess have been put into place as a result of that data has had a positive impact on? Yeah, this will seem to tell. What they tell us, and, you know, BSS told us the same thing because we asked a lot of questions during the process for selecting, is that you really need six months of data to begin to formulate, and 12 is even better. Well, we're finishing our first six months here at the end of this month, so we'll start to have some some data that's meaningful, and it'll continue to get better through the rest of the year. Will there be some things in the contract that will provide that they can help reduce costs or improve anything? Will, will there be some opportunities for some savings there? So if they are seeing or recognizing, recognizing trend lines, if they're doing that and bringing that back to us and we are seeing savings or opportunities, is there something there that, that could be passed on to reduce our cost per pay? So if they, you know, if they can help us reduce costs, then then we can pay them a certain amount. If not, then we don't. I, I think I would say that uh, we we've worked extremely close with them last year to mm -hmm. get this program up and running. And I would say um, one of their strongest points is is providing us ideas on what we should either implement or or what we should change uh, to help reduce costs yeah. and or to help avoid costs. So. Yeah. I, I think that's just an ongoing thing with them. They're always so, looking at different aspects. Of so it doesn't necessarily, it's like what Lauren is asking, it doesn't necessarily mean they they will have a savings, meaning we won't pay them any less, but we should be able to take what they're saying and take back into our organization and say, okay, we'll reduce this cost here, we're able to reduce this cost here based yeah. on your recommendations. So, okay. And by the way, the reason why the health care plan is the way it is is in many instances because of their recommendations. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, and I think the other thing to add is since we went from fully to self-insured, they used to be paid indirectly mm -hmm. commissions from Blue Cross Blue Shield, who we were using as the healthcare provider. And so we were really out of the compensation plan. We didn't really even know what they received. But going forward, since we're in a self-insured world, we would have a flat fee that we would pay to them, and they don't get commissions from our providers as much. So and it's a lower cost. Pardon me? And this is that flat Yes. I couldn't remember when you did the self-insured description of the program. There were several line items in there, and this is one of them. That you That's right. And no, I was saying last question. When when we do come up for the next negotiation for a contract, they will be they have the data for us. Will they be helping us in that respect? Okay. Because I mean, they're changes. I mean, United Healthcare today is probably one of the better programs, but as we all know, it changes annually. So right. Right. What I was going to add to your point is uh, one of the reasons Stevens was attracted is they have a wellness platform, a component that um, we are always looking at wellness programs and what we can incorporate. Um, and from what I understand in talking with the HR manager, there's a, there's a um, kind of online component that we're looking to really uh, build up um, and supplement with the wellness team activities that we do at the utility. So so there's always a focus on that too. More engagement with yeah. the employees. Absolutely. And that's a win-win too. I mean, that component comes back as a value-added mm -hmm. services that, that will help us here. So, mm -hmm. okay. Is the price the same as it was last year? Did it go up? It went up slightly. So the, f the fee that we uh, paid them last year was 120000 I believe. Yeah, but that excluded commissions. Or this year, I'm sorry. It was this year. That, that excluded commissions that it, they were still making from exactly. our dental and vision, which are still fully insured. So they're mm -hmm. actually 
the numbers they share with us, they're actually taking a slight reduction from what their total commissions have been in the mm -hmm. past. Moving on to the request, the staff's requesting for the commission to approve the recommendation of award for a term contract for healthcare and other benefits <coughs> brokerage and consulting firm and for $140,000 and to authorize our CEO to enter into a contract with Stevens Insurance LLC. Oh, yes, sir. process is just excusing myself until we're through with the title. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, and also to um, authorize subsequent contract renewals to be approved and signed at the discretion of the CEO if the renewal is within the best interest of the utility and follows resolution 2016-16 in regard to change order procedures. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace has a recommendation of award for construction at Foot Creek Water Reclamation Facility. Good afternoon, commissioners. Good afternoon. You know, as we were preparing this pr presentation, it's hard to believe we started this with FEMA and the flood about three years ago. So it's been a long journey, <laughs> but I have before you a recommendation of award for construction at Bush Creek Water Reclamation Facility Embankment Remediation. This is the final project. We will present a recommendation of award to commission from the 2019 flood. This is an aerial view of the embankment work location between our lagoons and the Arkansas River at Push Treatment Facility. With this embankment being the only protection, it is important that we address this damage. The previous actions approved for this project by commission was the award of the professional services contract with pollution management in October of 2020. They were awarded for design, bid, and the construction administration. Part of the scope of the work will require removal of trees and shrubs. They'll remediate approximately 700 feet of the embankment. Then they'll come back and armor that embankment with large rock, which is called riprap. FEMA obligated $671,677 for this project based on their estimate. They will now reevaluate re this amount utilizing the lowest bid submitted in the, with the current market. FEMA does reimburse the utility 75% of that amount, so we are responsible for 25%. During the bid opening that was held May the 5th, Doxa Construction was the low bidder in the amount of $694,455. Doxa was the contractor that just completed one of our other FEMA projects with manholes and vaults. And they have done a few other previous projects with us, so we've been very satisfied with the work and performance. We do not anticipate any future commission items at this time, and we'll entertain any questions. So today's consideration is to award the construction contract to DOXA Construction in the amount of $694,455 and authorize Little Rock Water Reclamation Authority's CEO to execute a contract for Bush Creek Water Reclamation Facility Embankment Remediation. Your motion? Second. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. Mike 
feel like it's a broken record today from prior months, but it's a good broken record, so we'll stick with it. So the picture here is uh, Greg, I think, it, judging from the looks of the, the grub, it's a breakfast meeting that he's having with a group of employees, and uh, he has those relatively often, and they're good, I think. We get a lot of good information from them. But he always comes back charged up, so sometimes uh, they don't work in our favor, but... <laughs> <laughs> So for, for the month of May, revenues of $5.5 million were slightly over budget. Um, Year-to-date, we remain well ahead of budget on our revenues by $830,000. And expenses ran below budget um, slightly. And so we continue to build on, on the year-to-date favorable variance to expenses of $600,000. In total, you know, we're $1.4 million, $1.5 million greater on our operating cash flow, if you will, than we... Uh, had budgeted, so it continues to be a good story. Pretty straightforward on the revenues. Everything came in pretty close to budget. There wasn't really anything that stuck out in terms of being significantly greater, whether it was non-domestic or domestic assessments or industrial surcharge. Everything was pretty much uh, right on plan. Consumption continues to increase on our 12-month rolling average, you know, year over year, and that's a completely different story than we were at pre-pandemic, and it, and it, and it continues to, to build. So, you know, that's a, that's a good news story for us, too. We were really concerned about what was happening to consumption and where it was going to level out, and, you know, at some point in the future, this will change again, but for now, we'll ride the wave of these favorable graphs. Operating expenses, I indicated, were slightly under budget. There was really no significant driver, a little bit of a few different line items. We still um, are somewhat challenged on filling positions. Uh, we've got a lot of movement. It seems like by the time we start making headway on filling positions, then we have a few more come open that we need to fill. And, um, you know, supplies ran under budget as well. That's probably more a function of the fact that when we're actually purchasing the goods as opposed to, you know, we're not necessarily buying at favorable prices to what we budgeted. And we'll see how that shakes out as the year goes on. But uh, expenses continue to, to run favorable to what we budgeted. On our cash flow, we began the month with almost $67 million in cash. We ended the month with almost $70 million of which the vast majority is in our general operating reserves. We're required to have a balance of 9.4 million. We've got almost $60 million. So, you know, again, as we've discussed in the past, the cash conservation moves we've made in the last couple of years are, are really working out well for us as we head into this period of no rate increases and, and all the unknowns of what we're gonna see with inflation. We're, uh, we're well positioned to, to start to ride the storm. And on the debt summary, um, we had uh, some draws from three different RLFs, and, and we made uh, some small principal payments in the month. Our outstanding debt is just under $390 million. Uh, I think we've got three RLFs where we've, where we've still got some drawing capacity, and our interest expense runs about a million dollars a month. So it continues to go well. We're a few weeks away from kicking off the 2023 budget process, and that'll be interesting as we start to look at expenses and, and the needs of the utility and what impact inflation might have on us. But uh, it's hard to believe it's budget time again, but it's coming. So that's my report. Any questions? Uh, well, Brett, can I just add one, one more thing? Yeah, it's just first of all, I've got to say, you know, getting out of the COVID phase and not knowing what was going to happen to now getting into the inflation phase, Boy, it just seems like we always just get that curveball. But uh, I, I did want to say that uh, we have been working very closely with the state, um, and they the uh, state of Arkansas received federal funding uh, for the low-income water assistance program, and uh, we're also working closely with our, our, our sister agency, CAW. So the opportunity to get some of our residents that have had difficulty paying uh, their water and wastewater bills—that's um, what this money is for—and so. Uh, we not only are going to be advertising it on our website, we're going to be working with the city of Little Rock to make sure that they also have it on their website. Any monies that we can get, obviously, are monies that we could not have from, from the previous bills that, that were issued. So that should be a really good thing. Greg, are you, uh, so we, I guess this will be next year's budget, the cost of fuel, 
Well, we're run, I'm assuming most of those vehicles run diesel. You know, you have some big trucks out there. A bigger truck. Yeah, so I, I'm assuming we track mileage. We track overall gas fueling annually so we can all have a good idea going into 2023 what, you know, we can get, what, $2 up from this time last year? So yeah, if you remember back to last year, we ran unfavorable to vehicle all year long because right. fuel prices we thought were high then, right? Right, right. And so we increased them, but obviously we didn't increase them enough. So it is one area we continue to run kind of behind budget on. It's one of the few on the expense right. side. And, you know, next year will be a challenge to we will maybe take a pool. What should we budget per <laughs> exactly, cost per exactly. gallon to be? Will it go up? Will it go down? Hopefully it can't go any further up. I mean, so. <laughs> so, it's something to think about. I know you are. Definitely. Yeah. Any other questions? <clears throat> Thank you all. Thank Good you. to see you again. Team Block will present the legal update. Okay, so I'm going to start with an introduction. I think I've mentioned in the last few months that we were hiring for a new director, a new member of our management team. We have hired Rebecca Brookman sitting on the front row. And she is our new Director of Environmental Affairs. And, and just as a reminder, Environmental Affairs is comprised of four sections. We have a lab, a fully functioning lab, about five to six employees. We have a sampling team, uh, about five employees. Uh, we have a quality assurance program, that's one person. And we have a pretreatment program, and that's two individuals. And I'll talk a little bit more about the pretreatment program here in a few minutes. But um, Becca has been with the utility for five years. She started out in our lab as a lab tech. Uh, she then, after two years, uh, moved up and became the supervisor of the lab. And, and really, in, the, in, in that time, in the three years she's been in that role, she came in with ideas uh, for improvements and refinements and ways to really um, kind of update our lab. And she put all those into place in, in, in a very impressive way. And when the director role opened up in December, I asked her to serve as interim, which she did very, very capably. Um, the, the department has had a, a handful of hurdles of in the first kind of five months of the year. And with every challenge that came her way, she just, um, she just handled them with ease and was very impressive. And so we are, we are thrilled, the entire management team is thrilled to welcome her uh, in this new role. Can I just add, Jean, um, I, I met Rebecca when she first started at one of our breakfasts, and what really um, stuck, stuck out for me, what, what really uh, surprised me is her comment was, what she likes to do for fun is go to school and get degrees, so <laughs> I don't know too many people that do that. Well, and I left that point out. She actually has two master's degrees. My, my mistake, she has a master's in environmental management and in business administration, so... So we're, we're fortunate to have her in this role. In terms of my report, um, on the litigation side, there's still the one case pending, still waiting on the Court of Appeals. Um, it seems like every court in the state, maybe in the land, is backed up. And this is a result of it. Um, I, I think, as I've mentioned in the past, there's no, there's no um, harm to the utility if we're in this holding pattern. Um, but I just, that's, that's the update. Uh, in terms of other legal work, I've been working quite a bit um, on, on the integrity matter, and I think, I think Kel is going to give an update a little bit later. Somebody is. I am. I am. Great. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, somebody is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> somebody is giving an update. <laughs> um, Let's let Hal do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, let's see, working, working with Entergy, uh, resolving a, a matter there, always working on contracts. But um, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about an issue that has taken quite a bit of my time, as well as Becca's from an um, environmental affairs standpoint, Walter's from an operations standpoint, and, and the rest of the senior management team. Um, and it, it, it pertains to an industry that we regulate through our pretreatment program. And uh, just, I'll start by saying, in the same way that the Arkansas Department of Environmental Quality regulates the utility, for those industries um, that we issue a permit to, the utility issues a permit to, we serve as the regulator. We essentially serve in the role of an environmental <coughs> regulator. And, and our role in that is to ensure that 
any wastewater discharge that that industry um, creates or manufactures as part of their process, that it can't do harm when it comes into our plant. So that's, that's the kind of the backdrop for this. Um, the industry is in the port. It's Little Rock Quick Rice. Uh, we've had a long partnership with them. They're a rice manufacturer, and there are a number of rice products in the grocery store that, that, that they manufacture. So they have a wide range of project, uh, products that they manufacture. And when, when they first approached the utility about 14 years ago about discharging their wastewater to our system, we ended up having to enter into a special agreement with them because the nature of their discharge, it's a high strength food grade waste. It can have a detrimental effect, effect on the bugs in our system. We treat the wastewater with bugs, microbiology, and that high strength food grade waste, um, if, if it's not controlled and sent to us in a specific manner, it can wreak havoc and it, and it does wreak havoc on our plant. So we entered into an agreement with them, um, and and I'd say you know we have had a um, a, a good working relationship with them. Um, last fall, about eight months ago, we started to receive what are called slugs, which are basically kind of um, high strength dumps. clumps, dumps, clumps, dumps coming into our plant, and one of them caused us to. Uh, break our permit and in our world uh, there's only one thing that we serve to do and that is to um, meet permits and meet the requirements that are imposed by federal law and DEQ and um, so we started a dialogue with them then about some things we needed them to do different um, in the last two months we've continued to receive a number of slugs and as a result, in an effort to maintain our permit and not put, not only maintain our permit, but to ensure that our plant can continue to treat the wastewater that it's receiving from across the city, we have escalated our enforcement actions um, with them. And, and in a couple of different ways, um, we've issued a compliance order, um, we've issued a temporary variance, um, we've issued a cease and desist. All of these things are done in an effort to um, encourage them to solve the issue. Um, we, they are a vital industry to the city of Little Rock. Uh, we value them. We value their presence here. Um, we also have the need to maintain um, the plant at a fully functioning and operational level. So these actions that we have taken are really geared towards assisting and finding a resolution and protecting our plant. Uh, over the last um, eight to ten days, we've had near daily conversation with their management. Um, I, I can say that there is open um, and regular dialogue with their senior management. They, we are not only our operations teams are meeting with their operations teams at their plant, but our management is meeting with their management, <coughs> including a meeting at our plant today. So I, you know, I, I share this with you. Um, there's there's I, there's no action to take, but um, but since it involves a larger industry, um, I wanted to make sure that you were aware uh, that this that this is you know this this has occurred. Um, you know, as Beck and I talk and Walter and all of us. You know, we approach this from a spirit of they are a partner of ours. And while we serve in an enforcement role, our, our overall goal is to, to work in cooperation with them. Um, and, and I am optimistic that we will, we, they will find a solution. Um, but, but again, I just, I wanted to share that with you. And Greg, I don't know if there's anything you Yeah, want I just to want to say they, they are the highest strength highest wastewater strength to us. And I, I did a presentation one time and, and looking at their strength compared to the, the new Amazon fulfillment center. Um, and I said, how many how many Amazons do you think would equal one Little Rock Quick Rice? And to make the story short, it's about 650 of the Amazons with 3,000 employees wow. each would be the equivalent to one. Um, so 
you know, they're, they're, they're a good partner with us, um, but it is a, an organization that produces heavy loading on our, on our facility. So how long, how long has this been happening? When did it start back? Well, the, the flood started last fall. They, they diminished, but they picked up again this spring. Um, and, you know, I do they know what's causing it? Do they, I mean, it's got to be something they're doing because they don't know what changed. Yeah. They are having, they, 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 they have not been able to identify it. Um, they haven't been able to identify it. Um, and so we have, we, in, in the course of the conversations, um, we have made some suggestions, um, things for them to, to evaluate, um, we really didn't need to get into all of these. I, I just want to make sure you folks were aware that it's obviously um, an important part of the city. Uh, they're an important organization. We just want to make sure that we're aware that we are working with them. Um, there is, there has been some issues, and we certainly get those resolved. Are they trying? If we don't get them resolved. Yeah, yeah. What is it? If, if there is an there, issue, there is a permit that they need to meet. So no different than we have <laughs> to meet a permit from ADEQ, they have to meet a permit from us to protect the site. And you know, and in the same way. Um, that the DEQ has escalating range of enforcement actions they can impose on us. We have the same tools that we can impose on them, and so, um, so that's but it's it's the it's the middle ground that we try to walk, and we're not trying to shut any, anybody down, <laughs> but we're also trying to protect the plant. So, so there are there are many there are still tools in the toolbox that we could use, um, but. I would say at every turn um, in the past 10 or so days as we've been discussing, you know, they, they recognize the seriousness of this. We are, we are at the table talking. They are evaluating, um, you know, and, and so I think, I think everybody understands the serious nature of it. Where's the point of protection? There's, there's two points. Um, they have two discharge points, um, and we obviously monitor both discharge points. Um, one goes directly into our digesters and the other one goes directly to our headwood. The one that goes directly to our headwood is what we're already using. So they are making efforts. Yes, they are. Yes, that's what we're saying. Thank you for that information. And that's my report. Greg, we're now we'll present our highlights. All right, this is so cool that we're here together. <laughs> I want to first start off by saying I've got so many highlights. I actually have had to cut highlights out. Um, I want to say last week uh, the Museum of Discovery's uh, Girls in STEM program participants visited our water reclamation, our Fush water reclamation facility. They did a tour of the facility. They also had an opportunity to sit down with some of our women of water and talk about some of the careers and some of the some of the programs that we got, which was fantastic. But you know, our folks can, they just can't stop there. They, we had our, our, our chemist, our lab folks uh, put together a, a chemistry lesson that, uh, that they work with, um, as well as they built an, is an Archimedes uh, screw pump. So it's those big screw pumps that are on the side. They're about uh, 2,000 years old. Not that one, but uh, that's, that's the technology. <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's what they did. So had a lot of fun. They really enjoyed it. Also want to say that we hosted the American Society of Civil Engineers, and then after that meeting, they uh, participated in a tour of the Adams Field Water Reclamation Facility and the upgrades that uh, were done there. Um, our engineering and procurement folks uh, participated in a minority-owned business, mi minority and women-owned business enterprise matchmaking event, and no, it was not uh, a, a dating um, situation, close, uh, it really included, uh, uh, this was, it was done at Heifer, and it really um, looked at how uh, we, could, we could put together, um, you know, the, uh, the, the right information for the women and minority-owned businesses so that we had a good, you know, public-private sector buyers uh, sort of contract opportunities. And so we really enjoy those kind of events because any time that, uh, that we can bring on additional vendors that can provide great service, why wouldn't we do that? So... Also, our team, uh, Shackleford Road, I don't know if you've seen the sign out there, but we've, uh, we've adopted that street for many, many years, um, all from our building all the way to, um, to the Colonel Glen, and, and boy, I can't tell you all the different fun stuff that we find out there that uh, our folks uh, collect, but they do a great job of keeping that clean. 
Also, uh, our team members, along with uh, Commissioner Hightower, uh, supported the City Year's annual Red Jacket Lunch. Uh, that was May 26. The event's used to raise funds to support the organization's uh, diverse teams um, that help students stay on track, graduate from high school, go into college, and really achieve success. So it really is just a win-win situation, and we really enjoy being a part of that. Uh, we had, um, as of May 29th, our 500th day without uh, a lost uh, time uh, injury in the organization. And that's a tremendous milestone. I think the most important thing there is, it's like anything else, I keep telling staff, our goal is to make sure that the way you come in in the morning is the way you go home and you enjoy your family and do all the things that you want to do. Um, and so they, it, the, our, our, our folks are really um, into making sure that they're watching each other's back um, when they're doing their work. And, and we have one of the most uh, dangerous jobs uh, that, that exists out there. And so to have 500 days of no lost time is a, is a, is a phenomenal uh, number. So um, also, we, we work very closely with the Little Rock School District and uh, our partnership with them. Uh, we participated in a Carver Magnet School um, end of the year uh, fun day. Um, boy, I tell you, sometimes we do some fun stuff here. You wouldn't <laughs> believe that. Uh, we presented a brief overview of LRWRA uh, to each grade, and then uh, students were able to spin our water reclamation wheel of fortune. Uh, if they answered the question right, they got a prize. I think a lot of the prizes were candy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're also participating in uh, uh, events sponsored by the uh, Mosaic Templar uh, Cultural Center as part of their uh, Juneteenth holiday celebration. Uh, their celebration embraces our core value of inclusion, and we are excited to be a sponsor this year. We will also have employees participating in the 5K walk and run this Saturday morning. So really excited about that. I uh, want to say that uh, we will be going out for a bid for uh, both PVC pipe as well as cast iron pipe. And you'll see that uh, next month, uh, not next month, the month after um, in our, our bid uh, document for consideration. Um, if you recall, we had uh, we, we came to you last month to do a lining project that uh, FEMA was willing to uh, to sponsor up to three hundred thousand uh, dollars. It needed to be done by June, and we asked you for uh, per, uh, permission. You gave us permission. I do want to say that by May twenty seventh of last month, eight hundred and thirty six feet of forty eight inch pipe was lined and completed. And so we will be receiving uh, a, a, ma a major portion uh, back from FEMA. So again, these are all things that uh, minimize the impact to our residents. Just wanted to say that. Next, I want to add, now Hal is supposed to know about this, the <laughs> Hain Street, uh, Gain Street, excuse me, update. Just want to give a quick update on where we're at. Sure, Greg. Um, I guess the good news is you guys have seen this, uh, this same photo numerous times as we were reporting updates. Um, what was changing was the amount of green line that was showing. So today, um, we are happy to report that all of the pipeline is shown in green because now all of the pipeline has been um, has been installed. This is the project that we came to you in October. Um, we had identified a, a hole in the pipe um, you know, under the entrance of the substation. And we're very concerned about the potential collapse that might could happen. So we asked you for emergency authorization and, and we procured a contractor and um, I will say the, the project has, has had its share of challenges. It's a difficult site. Um, we had some difficult um, interactions with the, the property owners and, and but anyway, to, none to say we are we are where we wanted to be. So I just got a couple of slides here just to kind of show you magnitude. Well, you know, some pretty pictures, right? Great backdrops, but look how close we're working to a um, energized entrance and substation. And look at the size of that manhole base that it takes a crane of that size to, um, to set that. Um, this is kind of towards the end of the project. That graveled area that you see kind of in the background is, is where the pipeline has been already been installed. So this was some of the final sections. Um, next slide. Again, I'm just trying to show you a little bit of the magnitude of this. You can see that's a 42-inch diameter pipe. Um, the trench box is involved, the depth of the pipe. You have to have an extension ladder to climb in and out of the trench. So uh, none to say this was, this was a challenging project and a, um, a very successful diamond construction out of North Rock was the contractor. Um, 
they've done some great work for us before, and, and once again, they did a great job. And then the last slide I wanted to show you, um, I think the staff would agree I have a real problem with bypass pumping. Bypass pumping to me is, is a costly thing that you don't really get a lot of. So um, when we set this project up, working with the engineer and with Diamond, we, um, we were able to minimize the amount of bypass pumping we had to do. And we actually minimized it from uh, about a week. I think it was eight days total that we had to bypass pump. Um, this was set up on the, on the west end of the project. Rain for Rent was the subcontractor. We had to have the capacity, and that's another problem when you bypass, how big do you make it? Do you, do you worry about a rainstorm coming through? How do you, how do you estimate that? Because every gallon you pump is, is dollars. So um, working with the op staff, um, we sized this for a little over 20 million gallon per day flow rate. Um, we had a couple of rainfall events that came through. This was over the Memorial Day weekend. Thank goodness um, we sized it about right. I think we got up to maybe 16 MGD, I think is what I was told, 16, 17 MGD. So um, I think we did good as far as minimizing the cost for the bypass. You can see the size of the diesel engine on the left and the size of the pump. Um, it's a massive operation. But good news is the minute we took the bypass out on June 3rd, the new pipe is in service. Any chance of a failure related to the hole in the pipe has been removed and it's just a matter of some asphalt repair and it's all it's all done so great news and i just want to say that the bypass is for us to make the full connection so you've got you obviously the pipe is working it's we can't shut it off and so that's the reason for the bypass hal does not like bypass any questions about it or hopefully i won't have to i, th I think there's still um maybe some um, easement issues that we're still working through or property purchasing issues or something, but as far as the construction and avoiding the potential problem, all that has been taken care of. Yeah, and, and there, we've got the uh, city attorney, Tom Carpenter, involved and, and uh, working through the uh, warranty deed document that's with the document and, and the language. The city is the one that executes it on there. So um, we're, moving, we're moving in that regard as well. And then the last thing I have is just a quick update. Um, we've made substantial progress uh, on the project moving for on the solar project moving forward. Uh, we are now working on an agreement with Entergy, and the agreement with Entergy has to be with us because we're the ones that would be providing power to the grid. Um, part of that requires a monetary amount that Integrity is going to pay the majority of. Um, however, it also requires the upgrade to be done and they're saying it's going to take about 11 months for that to complete. And so we also then need to petition the, the Public Service Commission for a, uh, an extension to allow uh, Entergy to do the upgrades that they need to do. Hopefully, we will have um, solar power running uh, through the, not only the Entergy lines, but also providing service uh, to our building, so. So Integrity's gonna finish building the project they are um, they're almost done, I think. And then what is the relationship with Entergy? So Entergy, the connection yep. has to connect to the grid. Sure, sure, sure. And Entergy is saying in order for that connection to occur, I think there's some, there's some transformer yep. upgrades that need to be made. I don't know if there's some line upgrades that need to be made as well. Those are a separate contract and they don't occur until they're ready to connect. Yep. I, these, these things seem to take forever. And so right now, we're, we're in that last process. Gina's working on, on, on the agreement that us and Entergy are going to have. Um, and then at that point, we're supposed to be online by the end of this year. Well, that's not gonna happen. And so we then need to petition the, uh, the uh, Public yeah. Service Commission to extend that goal. Mm -hmm. And that's so that we, we keep all of the grandfathered clause that right. exists with what we've done. And the rate table that was original rate table. Yep, that all stays the same. Back on track. So, so, Chairwoman McBride, that is what I have. I can get into the uh, into uh, the the August meeting, um, the proposed meeting. But unless you have any questions, any questions? Mm -hmm. All right, just want to say uh, the will be we will be coming for you with a recommendation of award uh, for construction of our flares and gas line improvements and. If you folks know uh, our push 
Creek Water Reclamation Facility has all of the digesters. Part of what we produce is, is methane gas. Uh, I guess it's biogas is referred to. The majority of it is methane. And we either run it uh, uh, in our engine for, to produce power and or it has to be flared. And that's what this flare uh, and gas improvement. If, if the generator goes down for anything, we still have to be able to, to use it. So it has to be flared. So we have to have that, uh, that done. So that's one of the projects. Uh, we're going to also ask for a um, recommendation of award for professional services, and this is a solids handling master plan. We have talked probably at nauseum about our biosolids. Um, well, it's, it's much bigger than that, and we want to make sure that as opposed to one hit and miss and then another having to deal with another issue, we really should have a, a, a master plan of what this is going to look like and, and when we need to do what we need to do. So, so that's what we, we're coming to you for. Um, also, uh, we are looking at replacing one of the pumps at the Arch Street pump station and then uh, purchase authorization uh, for four bar screens at the Bush Creek Water Reclamation Facility. And then, of course, I talked to you about the cast iron and uh, uh, PCD, uh, PVC pipe, excuse me. That's what I have. Conversations about utilizing some of the infrastructure package funding that's specifically geared towards wastewater? We absolutely are. We submitted, and that's a great point. We were going to talk about that in August, but I'll give you just a quick snippet. Uh, we submitted a uh, request to the state for ARPA money mm -hmm. uh, in the tune of $32 million for upgrading the, uh, the Bush Creek plant. Uh, upgrading not only the capacity, but, but the ability to be able to provide for uh, additional uh, companies to move in to that area. So that's one that we mm -hmm. have done. We are considering also including some of our large diameter pipe uh, into that, uh, that program. I don't know how much. Um, the governor is going to be earmarking towards mm -hmm. water and wastewater projects. I can tell you there are a lot of people, a lot of companies asking for uh, where that's going. Um, just so you're aware, we have also been sending letters, talking to uh, Senator Bozeman's staff. We're doing everything we can to position ourselves. Um, but to, to quickly talk about the infrastructure uh, bill, um, they're still ironing out all of the components of the infrastructure package. When you bring that down to a level that, what, what does that mean for us? I believe it's about an additional $11.5 million per year for the next five years for the wastewater group uh, here in the state. Um, and of that, a little bit over 50% is considered loans. The, I think, 49% is considered grants and, and, um, and um, forgivable um, principal. And so um, we have a meeting tomorrow with ANRD, that which will run that group. Um, and again, we're doing everything we can. Um, if there's if there's monies to be had out there, we're putting our hand out. And so we, we certainly are working on that. Um, our goal is, is to let you know further on not only where we've submitted, but then all, or where we're going to submit, but then also where things stand. I just know that the Governor's Infrastructure Planning Advisory Committee just announced that they're you know, they brought on this consultant and now they're going to start working with interested <coughs> stakeholder groups. Like you're saying, there's a lot of people that are interested, um, but just wanted to make sure we were at the table for them. And just, just see the application alone, besides supplemental information we provided, the application was 21 pages, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember, maybe Tanya could remember how many months ago it was, but we came to this commission and, and we asked you and we solicited and, and hired a consultant to help us organize these different applications and if you remember in the budget we had a, a lot of projects that we had categorized under <coughs> unfunded so we had those projects identified and now we're working with the consultant because there's a number of different um, opportunities and trying Funding to figure sources. out yeah. which project lines up best with which opportunity so we had a meeting in fact this morning um, and then we have a meeting tomorrow with ANRD so if there is anything, I can say that, boy, we are we are making sure they know we're here. <laughs> Who is our consultant? Our favorite. Okay. 
That's it. All right. Thanks, y'all, for being here in person. We'll do it again in August. There is not going to be a July meeting. August 17th, 2022. Is there any objection to adjourning the meeting? Hearing none, the meeting is adjourned. Mm -hmm. Welcome Thank back. You.